Welcome to Freeform Radio on the Freeform Network. You can follow us on Twitter or X now at FFR Podcast. Remember to send your questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com. Hit us up there. We love them. We respond to everything. Uh, again, it's Freeform Radio. We got Danny. Yes, sir, man. I made it, man. Just got out of church, but made it in time. Awesome. And then we got It's All Good. Andy, I'm back. Um, probably 95% healthy. <laughs> and uh, Noel, he might join us later, but he has his own issues. But uh, we're all here. Um, well, when I mean all here, it's me and Danny. But uh, let's get into it, Danny. What's going on? What's this JFK thing you're talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the trailer. I think it came out about a month ago or maybe two. Uh, National Geographic came out with a new documentary called uh, JFK uh, One Day in America. And it, oh, awesome. It, it it kind of goes into it a little bit different. Most JFK documentaries go into a lot of the assassination. Was it feasible? Was there? Uh, did he have the ability to fire off three shots? And that's usually the kind of angle most documentaries go into. Uh, this one was mostly about everything else. They kind of just even skim over uh, the assassination shot. They didn't speak about the magic bullet, none of that stuff. So it was more about leading up to the day, uh, the uh, America, what state it was in at the at the time with uh, Russia and with Cuba, uh, talking about polit, uh, yeah, talking about the political atmosphere, uh, even speaking more to uh, Jackie, uh, the first lady, and some of the stuff that she was dealing with, you know, with. Uh, possible scandals with uh, John F. Kennedy and infidelity. And, you know, it, it, it kind of goes into some other aspects. So it really kind of gives a, like a pre-assassination uh, and a post-assassination and kind of gives you how America changed after that. So it was it was really different. Um, I kind of like more the technical portion of it about usually documentaries like this i like more of the technical stuff about the trajectory of the bullet and i like all that analysis so this was different but it still held my interest it was still good um it was very uh cool seeing a lot of the doctors because they had a lot of the original people that were there you know like present day today so man these people are old and um I don't know how much longer they're here with this earth, man. So no, it's yeah, good. They're... It, they're, they're, it's good that they're documenting it and getting their testimony on tape and kind of getting their feelings uh, present day today. Yeah, I forgot the last anniversary. <sighs> when was it? It had to be like, because when did it happen in 63, 64? So it had to be like around. Uh, I forgot what anniversary, but they did a lot of specials. Uh, I think you know regarding the the assassination, the conspiracies. Uh, yeah, like we talked about the the climate of America, especially with how we dealt with communism. And um, I saw the only one that intrigued me when that came out is they did a documentary 
on how the news handled this at the time, like uh, the three major networks and like local television. Um, and that was pretty intriguing with all the information that was coming out at the same time, with like Walter Conkright uh, and, and, and so forth. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody has an opinion on JFK and um, I think to me uh, that documentary and brought some new insight from the media's point of view, which was kind of interesting. But I mean, coming down to it, I think the the best documentary series I've seen on it is uh, the Men Who Killed Kennedy. It's like a eleven part series, and it was recommended by somebody that I used to work with because um, he had his own insight. And what some of it brought up, he talked about, is brought up in one of the series, which made a lot of sense to me. And um, but there's so much stuff with JFK, even now, even under Trump, they were going to release all these documents and it really didn't have much. The only right. thing that came from those documents was like they have a picture of Hitler like somewhere in South America. <laughs> right. Like they, that was like out of that whole JFK dump. I remember like Hitler's in was in South America in the 50s or something. And everybody's like, what? That's what came out of the JFK dump. That uh, so I think that I remember about it. Right. Yeah. For some reason, stuff like this kind of fascinates me. I I do try to tune into different documentaries, and I never heard about this one that you're talking about, the men uh, who killed Kennedy, you said? Yeah, it was on, uh, uh, he told me that it was on VHS, but when they had that last anniversary, it had to be the fifth, what, the 40th or the 50th, the History Channel released them, so I taped them, um, and they made two new parts because that thing was made like in the early 80s. Uh, some of it gets a little weird. Uh, but there's a couple parts where it was like, damn, like they they make a lot of sense to the grassy knoll and uh, the the bums or something they, they arrested afterwards. I forgot their their names. Some of them thought it was Hunt. That's where I heard the first name uh, Hunt. Uh, he was just like the super spy and that he was involved and killed uh, in the, the conspiracy um, along with the Cubans and all this other stuff. So, uh, yeah, but the men who killed Kennedy, I think they released the set on DVD uh, when DVD starts first coming out. But the two new parts, I think, which is like part uh, eight and nine or something like that, it was never got an official release. They just made them for the History Channel. But I do have uh, copies of that on a DVD-R because uh, the one that makes sense is to me was the, the there was a towards the end like during around that time that was uh, this big thing that uh, the vice president was involved in killing Kennedy Johnson and uh, I'm kind of leaning towards that that theory. Yeah, no, it's it's always fascinating to see all these different aspects. I. Th- to me, I, I I honestly still think that with s- such a drastic change in in the country with uh, the assassination of a president, you got to think like these big players are involved, and it's not some lone gunman that did it. You know, like just some rando guy can change the world like that. So to me, I've always felt like yes, it has to be a bigger uh, conspiracy if you want to put it like that, but. It's a bigger organization that it, it did this and implemented this and, and assassinated well, yeah. the president. 
I mean, it's stuff that is still talked about today. It just it has different names, right? The the swamp, the deep state. Back then, they had uh, different names and stuff like that. But it's it's still stuff that's talked about today more openly. Back in the day, when you would talk like that, they look at you like you were nuts. But now, we, I mean, say what you will. I mean, there is. Uh, we, I mean, a lot of people believe it, and not just me, that, you know, there's bigger things that control the government, you know, especially some of the stuff us Gen Xers and uh, millennials uh, went through, you know, 9-11, um, you know, the, from 2000 on, like, you know, we had that big recession with the, the dot-com bust, and then we had 9-11, and then we had the housing bust, and then... Uh, you know, we had a, multiple wars, like uh, with Iraq and Afghanistan, and um, and like uh, even now, there are people predicting, like you know, with this hype, with this inflation that we're having now, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of generations didn't do that. I mean, the last kind of the one kind of that was uh, uh, the greatest generation. I mean, everybody else was kind of like I mean, there was wars, but uh, this gen, uh, us and and people, the kids that came after, they they seen some pretty, I mean, messed up shit. Or they right. lived through a lot of, they lived through a lot of messed up stuff. For and, sure, man. Uh, I, I I think all this stuff is is really fascinating and really a good watch. I'm gonna have to see if I could find this the men who who kill Kennedy and, and tune in to that because I'm always be, looking. I'm always looking for new documentaries to watch. It might be on YouTube. The some of it, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got it buried somewhere in DVDs that my wife wants me to get rid of. She finally gave in. She's always yelling at me. I'm a fucking DVDs. But this very reason, like, you know, we've talked about streaming, like, people, that, that's, it was controversial. I mean, that's something you're not going to, I mean, I'd be shocked if it's like on Hulu or like Netflix or something, but you never know. But I, I'm pretty sure it's like on, like, pretty shitty clips, like on uh, YouTube or something. So, so to get you on record, Andy, you're saying don't throw things away and you should keep things and no matter. You should keep if, media. Yeah. Yeah. The people are turning on media like people, like everything's every, streaming. But now people, the, the tables have turned where people are like, we should keep all this because the streaming companies pull all that stuff. But everything else we could throw away? Yeah, you could throw away. Like uh, the Jesse Ventura conspiracy theory show. You can't find that nowhere. Nowhere, nowhere on YouTube or anything. I got a DVD set. I bought a bootleg DVD set of that thing. And there's the the episode we talked in private about the you know the 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 jabs and stuff that the, they talked about it like ten years ago. <laughs> and it kind of like happened. And it's just like, but you won't see. It. You'll never find that show. I'll be shocked if it's put on reruns anywhere. But I don't think it ever will because it was. It, you know, it had a lot of controversial people on that show. It got kind of goofy at the end with him, like, clenching his face. It got a little dramatic, like, to try to sensationalize it. But, yeah, they, I mean, they make some great points on there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, jumping onto something else, man, I I, I kind of jumped into a little bit of a rabbit hole like you, Andy. I, I usually don't go on YouTube too much, but these last uh, month or so, I've really been hooked on it and I've been hooked on cop videos and seeing people get arrested and just seeing the chicanery that people get into, man, the, the stuff that I don't understand, man. I got pulled over and I mentioned it on the podcast. I got pulled over 
maybe it was like four months ago or so for speeding and everything went the way you would expect a normal transaction or a normal thing to go if you're getting pulled over but when you see some of these videos and people kind of acting a fool i don't understand it man i really don't understand what is going on with people and why they have to act a certain way and kind of get crazy so i've been fascinated with a lot of these youtube videos and watching them and just watching people fly off the handle cops having to drag people out out of their cars have have to recite stuff back to them and be like no sir that's not the law this is the way it is you know and it's just kind of nuts I, I i know that you get into it a lot yourself man i got into it for a while but like it gets to a point where like uh like you said the daily interaction is like uh kind of like what you say but then like the stuff because everything's being recorded now like it's more out in the open and you know and like yeah you see like some bullshit go down and you're like oh man a cop messed up or this guy messed up um but yeah i mean it, it gets to a point where you're like man can it be this fucked up out there right like i haven't been pulled over in a long time but i can't imagine like i'm gonna start getting uh i was seeing one today somehow ended up in my feed where a cop was choking out a guy i just saw the clip the cops choking him out and the other guys like the other cops punching him nice. i'm like like what the hell happened right here well the well, someone broken down like you're you're not getting the full context of the video here and, like you put a link in like the guy had a gun and he kept reaching for it and that's why he tried to like he subdued him right and the other cop was trying to grab his hand and he kept putting it down and like well not like now you know why the cop was acting the way he was but yeah i mean it's uh like you just see that clip where him he's just choking him up and the other guy's like punching him like trying to grab his arms and and you're like what the fuck's going on like oh why are the cops harassing this guy right but you don't get the full context of the video until because everything's so edited. Like you always say, like, well, I don't know. I got to watch the full uh, unedited right. video because people, like, pull it out of context or they edit it or they make it look, like, more worse than it is and shit. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, what I like about these is that most of them are body cams. So mm -hmm. for the most part, it doesn't look like they're edited. It's kind of just a video from start to end of the whole transaction. So it's... It's kind of good to see it from that aspect, like you said, so you can get the full contents, the cop walking up and seeing the whole thing transpire. Now, now, do they cut? I It doesn't kind of look like it, or at least most videos don't. I, I got stuck on some that are called, um, uh, the web pages like uh, Code Blue or something like that, or, or uh, Body Cam Blues, or I forget what it's called. So yeah, some really interesting ones, man, for sure. Yeah, the, the, like I said, there's a lot of, um... Well, a lot of the, the the drivers are recording now too because they feel like they're being harassed and some of them yeah yeah it's true i mean like you see and they show and the cop is trying to be um his job is always uh when they can't prove something is try to make you admit something because it's easier right. for them and that's i think people that's where they get hung up on and like you see they ask them these questions and they're like well i'm not answering that and this and that and um they the cops get kind of flustered uh because they kind of know 
I'm not saying maybe the guy didn't do or did something, but you know, and and, and the cops get frustrated. I saw one of our video got copped. He was adamant. He pulled this guy over, and he was like taking or he was moving drugs, and he wanted to search the car, and the guy wouldn't let him. And he's like, I'll show you my trunk. He's like, let me go through it. Like, I'll open up the trunk and you can see it. And he goes, okay. But then he couldn't see anything. And then he goes back to his squad car and he's calling another cop. Man, I feel it. This guy, he has drugs. I feel it. Like, but I don't know. Right. I, I don't know what to do. And like, do you know any other tips? And they couldn't come up with anything. And then he had to let him go. And I'm just thinking like, damn, like he made up his mind. Like this guy. Maybe he's right. Or maybe he's not. But I don't know. But like he couldn't prove it. Yeah, I'm sure that happens a lot with uh, gut feelings, and it just kind of continues to push you to kind of pursue uh, finding something. And yeah, I'm sure some of those do come up with you know finding other things. I was actually just watching one uh, last night. It's called um, Fridays with Frank. I think is the name of it, and it's this cop from. Um, uh, like New Mexico or Arizona, somewhere around there. And all he does is pull over people for traffic infractions. <laughs> some of the other ones that I watch is like just cops doing other stuff in general, uh, you know, domestic stuff or whatever. But this one is just pulling over people that speed and do things traffic wise, you know, changing lanes. And it, it, it does not fail, man. This guy will pull over people and it's it's crazy man it's like people just come up with the, the dumbest excuses and you no know, they start filming him and he's just like don't worry i'm filming you i'm just here to show you what you did and blah 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 man and it's it really starts going down um it, it becomes comical some of the stuff some of these people do to get out a ticket and where i think if people are honest for the most part it, it'd probably go a lot better uh, for them but but andy it looks like we got noel here he finally tuned in uh noel good to yes, hear sir. from you man yes sir <clears throat> happy to we, be here sure show uh why don't we jump into your week man uh i see you were watching warehouse 13 uh sounds familiar what what, what is that so uh, this is a sci-fi show that, you know, it, it actually ran for five seasons, but it finished up, I want to say, it's getting close to like 10 years now. Uh, it is an older show, uh, mid-2000s, I would say like 2012-ish era. Um, it's it's just a cool, fun sci-fi show, kind of like uh, a lighter-hearted X-Files. <clears throat> and it, it deals with like artifacts or items that are kind of supernatural in nature um and it deals with historical like artifacts and historical items throughout you know human civilization that have a story of like a reputation for an item kind of like the hope diamond there's like supposedly cursed and anyone who wears it dies or that one chair that's like a thing napoleon's chair anybody wears or sits in it dies stuff like that and it's a warehouse full of items like this and sometimes they go hunt down missing items or items that they just don't have in their collection yet. And it's uh, Secret Service agents that were assigned to to do this. And um, it, it's pretty interesting. It's, like I said, it's lighthearted. So it's an easy-to-watch show that's funny yet, you know, kind of just cool and, and different, you know, stories that they make it entertaining and dramatic. And uh, 
it's just a cool, fun sci-fi show. I'd I'd recommend to people. I'd probably give it like a, a seven out of ten. Man, this kind of sounds like uh, Friday the Thirteenth TV show where there's like an article or some kind of artifact in the the warehouse, and then it transitions to like a story about it. That's exactly it, man. Uh, that that's another reason why I took to the show. Um, but they they kind of do it in a funny way, and and they have a lot of cool characters that are recurring it's like a group of like five people and um they all have like their unique personality so you get a chance to like vibe with each individual character and uh you get more invested as you go along i'm actually i bought the blu-ray collection of it the five seasons i'm on season i think it's three or four i think i just wrapped up three yeah so i'm moving on to season four um and yeah, I, I do recommend it for people that like, you know, sci-fi shows that like an interesting episodic series with, with stories that th- there still is kind of a continuity and um, there, there's some supernatural stuff. So if, if you're interested in stuff like that, you know, it's definitely up your alley. It's like a mixture of Friday the 13th, the, the show, mixture of supernatural and a mixture of like X-Files all in one. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, man. I always think shows like that that are kind of you know sci-fi kind of you know kind of quirky but it all depends man x-files i was able to get into and i really enjoyed but no matter how many times i tried i tried watching twin peaks like the first two or three episodes and i just can't get any farther man i'm just like that show is weird dude even though it's like a cult following and people love it or say it gets better and it's got a really weird story, I, I just can't I can't do it. I don't know why, man. Yeah, I have that one as well. And I know exactly what you're talking about. It it feels dated too. Like it's it's a nineties show. It's even though X Files was in the nineties, it doesn't feel as dated for whatever reason. Like I could watch X Files and it would still, you know, hold up with like today's, you know, style of programming. But yeah, yeah, with I, Twin I, Peaks, they they brought it back a couple of times and it didn't last. I mean, yeah, but it has like a hardcore like group that like loves that show. Like I'm with Danny, I tried watching it; it's just too fucking weird for me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I know they brought it back a, a couple of times. I think they brought it back. I think uh, like Showtime brought it back or something like in the last ten years. And I think that was I. I think they're done with trying to. Bring it back, reboot it, or whatever the hell they're doing to it. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with with a show like that, where it's unless you make a new story, right? But it's I'm sure it's the same story being told, just in a different way, and yeah, yeah. it's it's right, hard yeah. to recapture was, that. Yeah, Warehouse 13. I saw it uh, when I was on Sci-Fi. Um, I only watched like the first couple seasons. That was when okay. they had used to make a ton of shows, and I thought, yeah, that one was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's been it's, a while since I've seen it. It's lighthearted, dude. It's it's family yeah. friendly. You know, it's there. There's no like real like vulgar stuff or any over the top gore or anything. It's it's really family friendly and and tame. Um, but it, it's just a cool, fun show. You know, you you have a a long day at work. You want to just sit and unwind for an hour or two. Just put on a couple episodes of this and you know, get you caught up. And yeah. Um, Another thing I've been up to is uh, I've been getting back to working out. So, um, you know, those who listened to our, you know, last episode would know that uh, the illness has been going around. The viruses, you know, full effect over here at this winter season kicking in. And so I wasn't able to really work out as much as I wanted to. 
and now I'm finally getting my strength back. I'm finally lifting again, and uh, it's it's been nice, man. It's I missed it, you know. Uh, I know a lot of people. Well, not a lot of people. But there are people out there that don't like to exercise. You know, they don't enjoy it. They they feel like it's a chore, and it's just something they have to do. Whereas I actually look forward to it. Um, I work out. Typically, I like to work out four days a week. And I look forward to each and every workout session, and I'm already <clears throat> I'm already habitualized to it. So, um, yeah, I've been finally getting my strength back and able to do that again. Yeah, I know this this uh, bout of COVID from a few people that I've spoken to. It seems to be like a fatigue thing where you're like really tired, and you really feel out of it. Like you don't really want to do anything except lay there on the couch. Did you get uh, hard, Danny? You know, that's one of the symptoms. Well, I didn't get COVID, but yes, oh, I, 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 I have heard of that being a symptom as well for certain people. Yeah. <laughs> that blood just focuses into that one area, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I completely relate with the fatigue part, man. That first week, I want to say, what was really rough. And um, the second week is when I finally started working out a little bit, but I just went light. And I still felt tired, still felt like the lingering symptoms. Even right now, like you could probably hear it in my voice, it's still, you know, it's coming back, but it's it's just lingering, you know, the, those things linger for a couple of weeks, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I'm working it out. And any anyway, yeah, my strength yeah. is finally returning. When I got uh, sick from the, well, I couldn't record in the last recording, I couldn't, I had a fever and I did the, the coof test and they came negative the home one but the sunday uh saturday night sunday like i could not stop fucking coughing like it was worse than it when and if i and i had covid on the in 2021 it was just it was i had a fever but uh, i didn't have the cough and like i didn't even have congestion <laughs> like that was the weird part it was just like this dry cough that i could not stop coughing and uh when i went to the doctor they gave me some stuff and i got a little better uh but yeah i mean i broke the fever in a couple days but the cough was like the worst it was like bad and that that sounds like covid it's weird yeah i took a covid test at the doctors uh it came negative i took a test here before i went came back negative Um, maybe it was just a flu then it was no. I they did a the, a flu test. I tested positive for influenza A. They had uh, a test for A and B. I didn't even know this, but that's the one it came back for. And then they gave me some medicine for the cough. And uh, like a couple of days later, I got really I got the cough slowly went away. Um, yeah, I'm, but I'm kind of scared uh, with it being the time of this recording a little bit before Christmas. I haven't gotten sick. Knock on wood. But now we're so close. Am I going to be able to make it to Christmas so I can see my family before I get sick? Because everybody else has gotten sick. So you would presume they're going to be healthy for the Christmas event. And me have not gotten sick. Am I more susceptible to being getting yeah, sick? Like I said, everybody around here, like my wife got sick. My kid got sick. My in-laws got sick. My mom got sick. My sister got sick. It's like everybody was fucking sick like two, three weeks ago. I was like, and I didn't catch any of it till the end um, that last weekend. And then, uh, yeah, it was like fucking brutal. I mean, uh, 
I was sweating up a storm and everything, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, everybody, something, and then people at work, I know a couple guys that were really fucking sick, um, and they were going kind of the same symptoms that I had, um, but yeah, I mean, it's going around. Yeah, for sure, man, so hopefully I I stay away from it, Uh, I'll keep taking my vitamins and hopefully stay uh, completely healthy, so I don't have to deal with it. And I wouldn't that, consider you too completely healthy, man. But well, you can try. well, as healthy as I can be, I guess I should say. <laughs> yeah, you gotta use the 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 hand sanitizer, man. Yeah. Uh, so, dude, when you go out, the are you masking up, then or no? No, 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 I'm not. Uh, I know, I know, COVID's kind of ramping up a little bit, but. Uh-huh. I, I think it's kind of like the flu. It's going to be a part of our life now. It's going to be like the common cold. It's going to be a part of our life. And I think as long as you live somewhat of a healthy life, eat well, sleep, all that good stuff, uh, we should be able to combat it. And it would be something where, like, it'll knock you on your ass for a few days, and then you jump back up, and you're you're back to normal. Yeah, I would say right now, man, just watch your diet, you know, try not to go, you know, hard on the fried foods and things that cause inflammation because that could lower your immune system and, you know, just make it easier to be, you know, susceptible to the illness. I would also say um, make sure you get your vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, all that stuff and uh, wash your hands a lot. Uh, I think what got me sick, because I work in an office, so there were people that were sick, you know, a week or two before me, and I think just over time, it just spread, you know, and I eventually came to me, and because we all use the same microwave, the same refrigerator, you know, the same air fryer, all, all the utensils and shit like that, like, I, I just hey, feel you like... You got an air fryer over there, man? Shit. <clears throat> hell yeah, I mean, we got that shit just recently, too. It's Dang. it's pretty nice. I, I make my uh, tortillas on there. Kind of calentarlos and shit, so it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> You're like, I'm making tostados, guys. Yeah, every time fire. people see me, like, the, my lunch and shit, they're always envious. They're like, damn, you got the best lunches. And I'm like, you fucking got that right. You know? <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, shifting to the next thing. Um, you know, speaking of Christmas coming up, it's actually going to be, uh, well, by the time of this, the time that this drops, it'll already be past Christmas. But, um, yeah, I've already been doing my Christmas shopping for my uh, niece and nephews, and thankfully I found just about something for everyone. Two of my nephews are a little harder to, to shop for just because they, they, they're like a little, not like picky, but they, like most of the stuff that I bought them in the past, like video games and stuff, they just don't get around to playing. So I ended up finding something that would work for uh, one of my nephews who's getting into exercising and, and, you know, taking protein and stuff. So I got him some stuff related to that. And my niece, I got her some stuff that's like princess oriented. She's really into that. And then another nephew's really into like music and stuff. So I got him some stuff for the music. Um, But yeah, you know, how about you guys? You guys been doing your shopping yet? Yeah. I kind of fall into the same thing with you, man. It's tough to shop uh, when you know people are a little pickier um, and I, I don't like to give out gift cards uh, if I can help it um, because I think it's kind of a cheap gift or not a cheap gift, but uh, a, an easy cop out to not put any effort. But mm-hmm. I totally understand it, too, if it's if it's difficult and you can't really gauge what the person's going to need, then, you know, giving them cash or gift cards is usually the way to go. 
That's the mm-hmm. mindset I used to have too. Like I would worry, but at this point, like, uh, just give them cash as king or a gift card. Um, but I got most of my shopping pretty. I got it done early. I just got to buy something for my wife. Everybody else, we pretty much give them cash. And then uh, uh, my niece was here yesterday. And we haven't seen her in a while because everybody's been sick, and she was hanging out. And I'm like, "What do you want, Santa Claus?" to bring in and she's like i want a lot of things and i'm like well what's a lot of things and then she she laid out a couple of things and at the end she's like i want a phone i'm like this girl's like four years old man i'm like jesus christ and i'm like well you ain't i don't think santa's gonna bring you a phone <laughs> but but we got some ideas on like i like everything they want toys um but yeah it's kind of um, the older kids i'm just like we just give them cash um and be done with it like the teenagers um and then uh my mom everybody i give them cash pretty much yeah man it's i I get where where you're coming from daniel like it's it is kind of a cop-out with the gift cards and stuff but it is like you said andy it's it's difficult sometimes and it's just the easier way to go about it where you know it's they're gonna less it's stress-free dude because i used to stress out about all this shit I get to a point where like I'm gonna just give them money, let them buy whatever the hell they want because yeah, yeah, and you want them like to use it or not, and then sometimes you don't, and you're like, man, like this kind of sucks, and I'm like, ah, that with cash, you buy whatever the hell they want with it or put it in the bank. Exactly, and like like, they decide what they want to do with it, and you just put a nice little card, and then you just hand it out. I mean, especially in this economy, it's like. We don't got money to waste and throw away, you know, so I don't want to get something that they're just going to put in a closet and never use. It's like that would be literally a waste of my money and and my time to go out and get it. So I'm just like, if I get them a card, at least they're going to buy whatever they need at the time that they need it. And they're going to like whatever they get. So, yeah. So I think Danny's saying he does not want that gift card to Hooters. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I definitely love a, a good cash person so I can buy my own stuff but, uh, I, I appreciate it if somebody puts effort into trying to figure out what I need and then especially if they're right on and it, it hits the, those are those are really extra special gifts for sure well what about you Andy you want to get gifted that WWE network uh, subscription or, or or what does it say here? I you're no to, longer man. a wrestling yeah expert? man Danny Danny was yelling at me we were talking wrestling and uh, he's like I think because uh, I'm not watching the current WWE product or AEW that from that he goes you're going to lose uh, FFR's uh, resident wrestling expert title like we're going to have to outsource this job and like to bring them in every time we talk about wrestling because I'm not really watching it. And uh, like, damn, Danny, it kind of hurts. He's like, hey, man, I'm the executive uh, vice president here, man. That's that's what the reality of the situation is in the network. So, yeah, for sure, man. It, it, it It's weird because even I, I, man, I dropped off a, a long time ago. And yeah, I, I forgot what I was watching. I think it was Survivor Series or so this last one, the the War Games. Yes. And I was asking you questions about it, and you're like, yeah, I didn't even watch any of it. I didn't even really know much about it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, right now, I mean, we kind of tell you, well, like, they're kind of lacking, like, star power, right? And, like, Roman Reigns is okay. I mean, I'm not a big fan of him. And, like, CM Punk, you know, his return, I wasn't, when he left, I don't like, I was talking all this shit about 
you know, the fans and wrestling and stuff. And like everybody came back with open arms. I get it. He, he moves the needle and he's this guy and all that shit. But you know, and Cody Rhodes, I mean, he was okay. And then like, I don't know. Like the only one, I mean, AJ, I saw he just came back. They had a pay-per-view or something and he's all like jacked up now. And like, but I'm like, I didn't even know he was, he was out or anything. I just saw like, oh, he's back with like Randy Orton, like I, because I saw it on X, and uh, but I'm just like, I don't know, like I'm not watching this stuff, and like I have Hulu, and they put the two hour recap on Hulu, and I used to watch that when we got rid of cable, but then I was like, even that one, and then you know Ross three hours, and like I think they they cut it down to two on that and the Hulu version, and I'm like, it was still sometimes I was like, this is kind of rough. And then, like, AEW, I never really watched. Um, and when I do watch wrestling, I'm watching, like, older stuff. And, um, like I said, it's, uh, and, like, Danny was just like, yeah, man, you're not the fucking expert no more. And I'm like, man, I think you're right. And then I was like, I give out some names who we could have come in, but Danny didn't like them either because they tried to use uh, Hulk Hogan's name to make money or something, he was telling me. <laughs> yeah, I think they even got sued by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> and I was thinking like, yeah, you know, uh and the one person we're like Facebook friends with him, he was talking about uh like you know, CM Punk's like the best ever and AEW sucks and you know, Raw's gonna go to like TBS and all this and and I'm just like Jesus Christ and Danny's like, Why is he dick writing CM Punk? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't even know he was like that much big of a fan, you know, and like, and to me, like, I, I, like, CM Punk was a shit, but then when he left, he was talking so much shit about the fans and wrestling, I, he kind of, like, kissed me off, and then now he slowly came back, you know, and, and then he fucked up everything, at, not fucked up, but what, how it went down at AEW, allegedly, uh, how he left, and then how he left his first time with WWE, like, all the nonsense that was going on then, and, like, to bring him back, and then, like, I guess they're making money with him, but I was, you know, when I, he came back, I was telling Danny, watch, like, Triple H come out of retirement to beat him again, and then retire again, <laughs> like he did last time, you know, and then, uh, so, yeah, I mean, and, like, his one comment uh, when he came back, he's like, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money, and I'm just like, which is, you know, valid, but that that just shows you, like, you know, when he used to say, like, I bled for this business and, you know, wrestling and all this. And now he's just like, I'm here to get paid. Like, that's all I'm doing. And then, like, well, then why'd you get pissed off at AEW? How that went down if you were getting paid there, too? Probably more, I'm thinking. You yeah, know? I wonder I wonder where he earned more money, for sure. Well, when he came back, I know his number was up there. And I heard uh, AEW paid him and he was making... They, they were going to build a whole show around him, like, the... The second show or whatever and then he kept getting injured and then whatever went down you know like and then he started fighting with everybody and like he was threatening people and allegedly and you know it, it, it is what it is and and now he's in wwe now of course he's not gonna pull none of that crap there because they'll they'll get rid of him and vince mcmahon ain't in charge no more it's mostly run like the day-to-day by triple h and yeah, i think they answer corporate people 
I think it's even in his contract that if there's any kind of like uh, social issues or any kind of, you know, like any kind of disturbance between him and the crew that, you know, they have the ability to fire him and not pay his contract. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like, yeah, you know, like I said, and he's just one guy and he's an old guy now, you know, and then, um, you know, even Hogan made a comment recently about the, the, the state of. Uh, the stars, you know, the superstars, there's the lack of them. He goes, a lot of these guys look like they should be bagging my groceries. And like, I mean, like Roman Reigns is the exception. Cena, I mean, Cena's old. Randy Orton's old. Cody, he's he's okay. I feel like he's, the internet people love him. I, he's okay. Um, but he's not like bigger than life, you know, like in the old days. Right and, and 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 I mean I don't know it just like I said I'm not watching the product I'm like I stated before um, I might watch I'll, I'll probably watch WrestleMania I've always watched WrestleMania but sometimes the last one I watched I'm like I was like who the fuck are these people <laughs> you know <laughs> I was just like a lot of it was just like uh yeah I, like I don't know I think the last one they were gonna bring the rock but then they couldn't work out a deal and even rock's getting up there and I don't know why he's still wrestling when he's doing all these movies it makes no sense to me unless they're really paying him really good money you know could have something to do with that XFL or whatever you think well they just merged with the USFL it's no longer two teams they merged into they're making it into one league uh-huh. and um so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's uh, wrestling. I even try to watch uh, some of the, like, Impact. That's even, I don't know, half the people in there. And then the NWA Power. I was watching some of that this morning because, you know, Danny challenged me. And I was, the main event was, like, these clowns versus uh, this destruction. Dude, I don't know. The manager was uh, one of the juggalos. And then the other team was like these the guys from Mad, you know, uh, Mad Max. And when they're walking out to the room, they're spraying like that, that stuff in their mouth like they did in the movie, the Mad Max, the new one. Oh, right. And I'm just they, and I'm just like, what the fuck am I watching? And then like and they're fighting for uh, the U.S. The U.S. Tag Team Championship, not the world tag team, the U.S. And I'm like, yeah, this fucking sucks. And I, I couldn't watch it no more. And I'm just like, like, man, wrestling's kind of bad right now. <laughs> That's all I kept thinking in my head. Like, I'm not going to waste 15 minutes on this match. And I was thinking, like, maybe I should ask my Facebook friend what he thinks about this this company. Yeah, man, it's it's rough, man. I, I used to be really be into wrestling when I was, like, between, like, 9 to, like, 16-ish. So it was a good solid like eight years, seven years where I was really, really into it. But it, it's fallen off, man. Since like the mid two thousands, I would say it fell off. Ever since like two thousand seven or eight, I stopped watching it. And uh, like you, I look at these new guys. I'm like, man, like it just doesn't feel the same. They don't have that edge. They don't have that like um, threatening, intimidating demeanor. They all seem like they're like Instagram models and shit. Like it's just, yeah. It's just, I don't know, man. It's so, different. So what the problem is is like, I, mean, I sound like an old man. Like the realism is gone. Like you really, like you watch like this 
six foot two guy, you know, like two eighty jacked out versus like someone that is like five eight two like one eighty, like really like lean and kind of jacked. Like you really think that guy's gonna be there's a lot of shit that has to go for him to beat him and like that realism is lost now and like everybody knows it's a it's a work, brother, and like so everybody's just like I think they're more interested to see what's going to happen in the in the politics in the background and how they get to that storyline, um, and and that's like a big problem right now. And that's a problem in like with AEW, like some of the matches I watch, I'm just like none of this shit makes sense. And then like same thing with WWE, uh, except with like the Roman Reigns stuff, I think they take that a little bit more serious. To me, like Drew McIntyre, that guy is like. He has the look, he has the gimmick, and, like, they don't do nothing with him. And, like, it's just, like, I don't know why they don't push him. And, like, he can talk, but it is what it is. Um, I think Hogan's got one more good run in him. He could come back and uh, save all this, man. Bro, well, that's Sting. So Sting is going to retire officially, like, in this pay-per-view early next year. And they brought back Ric Flair to help him, like... And people started shitting on Flair. <laughs> like, like Flair's like, what, 70? I, I don't know how Hogan's maybe in the 60s. Flair's 70, right? Um, it, 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 Like, yeah. Like, maybe if it was like, like, even my old ass is like, ooh, they're bringing up Flair. And he's talking about, like, maybe he'll do a couple moves here and there. And I'm just like, oh, that's the last thing you want that, so... that old man to do. He is 74, born 1949, going to be 75 in February. Yep. And then Hogan's, what, like 68 or something? Uh, Can't recall. Let's see. I know Danny don't want to hear the truth, man. Hogan always. (laughs) 70, dude. Damn, man. He's born in 53. Wikipedia's wrong in that one, bro. (laughs) So when he was with Metallica, he was like in his 20s and shit, man. It was like fucking 50 years ago. (laughs) <laughs> but guys, uh, man. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's uh wrestling is in the is uh poly wellness. Every friendship has its peak and valleys in uh right now it's in the valleys with wrestling with me, but uh I'll still keep my eye on eye on it. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens. It's it's it it has to get better. So we'll see what happens. Uh real quick, the other thing you guys see uh, you know, I don't talk about a lot about movies no, uh, here, but uh, this is the first movie where I'm like, I want to go see it in the theater. I want to check it out. It's that political war movie, uh, Civil War. Did you guys see that trailer? Uh, no, no, I haven't heard about this one. Oh, you should watch it, man. Um, it talks about the U.S. is in a civil war. And you hear like the president talking and there's uh uh, like uh, certain country, certain states secede from the U.S. They call it like the Western Alliance, and there's like the Florida Alliance, and then, then what's left left over is the U.S. government. And then they're talking about um, the president's like on his third term, and uh, they're talking about like this reporters trying to investigating and. Though you hear like in the pre- in the background of the president ordering airstrikes on Americans, and um, and then you see these soldiers 
like it's like little things there's like you see a close-up of a sniper and then when you see the sniper his uh fingernails are painted in all like glitter colors <laughs> and then the other one is uh these soldiers has uh there's these soldiers that have these these people hold up and one of the soldiers has like these pink sunglasses and he goes the guy goes the hostage is like we're all americans here and then the guy with the pink sunglasses goes well what kind of american are you what what type of american and then like the trailer kind of ends there not ends there but it keeps that was one of the clips i found like kind of intrigued i'm like oh shit so it's like with all the current uh political stuff that's going on in this country with the gender and all that so uh, i feel like that's one of the topics why they go to civil war um i mean i highly recommend check it out i'm like this like i want to see it in the theater you know that that's how much i want to see it i'm gonna look into this because uh i've actually been hearing some stuff about another movie that the obamas uh produced and people are saying like it's it's conditioning us to believe like what's going to happen down the line that there's supposedly some agenda and all that. So of course, dude. it's curious. always an agenda. I mean, it's right up. Like I said, I want to check it out. Um, it has the guy from parks and rec, the Ron Swanson is the president. And, uh, I think one of the reporters is the chick from, or the lady, From one of the Terminator movies, the newer ones, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 uh, check it out, man. Maybe next time you guys could talk about it. But uh, I, it definitely looks good. I mean, it's right up there with uh, uh, the Iron Claw. I don't know if you guys saw that trailer for the Von Erics, that wrestling movie. Heck yeah, that one looks cool. That one looks I, good too. Yeah. I, I haven't seen this trailer. I'll, I'll have to see if I can find it somewhere. The Civil War? Yeah, the Civil War one, yeah. but yeah, it's, the Iron Claw I think looks it's, good. It's made by the same company, I think, that made Iron Claw. So it's that yeah, new... Eight twenty four. Yeah, I think that's who made that movie, the Civil War. Um, So yeah, check it out, man. I mean, uh, you gotta look at, like, the details, and, like, there's some stuff, they're dropping hints on, like, the political climate, uh, why there, there's a Civil War, and it's kind of like what's going on now, and then you're like, oh, okay. So I see where they're at with this, you know? Interesting, yeah. Kirsten Dunst, Dunst is in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it Kristen yeah. Dunst? Yeah, yeah. She was and in her the her husband. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know if she was in Terminator, but she she's been in a bunch of stuff. Jumanji, Bring It On, just uh, Interview with a Vampire. She's been in a bunch of stuff. Spider Man, Spider Man. That's right. Yeah, that's the, Maybe that's what I remember for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, Nick Offerman. I see. Okay. Dang, I'm gonna watch this. The April 26th, right around my birthday. I'm gonna watch that one. Yeah, look, like I said, it looks good. It it, it, it wants to, it wants me to pull me into the theater. Um, so you know, check it out. Let us know what you guys think. At ffnquestions at gmail dot com, and then uh, yeah, check it out, man. It, it, the other thing, like they said, the Iron Claw. Um, did you see the trailer, no? Or just you saw it, right, Danny? That's what you said. Yeah, yeah, the Iron Claw, yeah, with the Binarics, that's gonna be a good one. No, I, I, I have not seen it. That is a wrestling movie. Yeah, it's about the Binarics. The uh-huh. the guy from the Beef plays Carrie. Zach Afron plays Kevin. 
and some British guy plays the guy that died in Japan, and then, uh, oh, okay. uh, and then, uh, I mean, I know about the Monarchs, uh, and then, uh, so check it out. I mean, to me, that's another movie I want to check out. Um, I don't know if I'm going to the theater on that one. I could wait a little bit, but uh, it looks good. It looks some of the early hype on it is really good. Yeah, I've seen uh, interviews of Chago, Chavo Guerrero talking about it. Yeah, and how, yeah, yeah. How uh, this guy, what's his Zach Efron, I actually like put effort into learning the craft to like show off like a like more realistic looking match. Yep. <clears throat> so yeah, check it out. Let's know you get things. Civil War, like the other one at FFN Questions at gmail.com. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's roll into our article of the week. So uh, I always find these articles interesting with uh, the elites, which I want to join when I'm super rich. Uh, they always ha- they're always ahead of everything, uh, and, you know. And then you see movies like uh, trailers, like for Civil War. Um, Mark Zuckerberg is building one of the biggest homes in U.S. history. Uh, it's 270 million Hawaiian compound, and part of it, and it will include its own village, right? So he's probably gonna have his own cops, police force, you know. And then uh, the other big thing uh, that caught my eye was it's gonna have a huge fucking bunker underground, and like the pictures in the article show like pools and all this bullshit and like. He probably he's gonna have like metaverse go- uh, goggles up in that bitch that don't work right, and then uh, uh, some other stuff. And when people when I see this stuff, like I'm always wondering like why do rich people want to build this shit, right? Um, and to me, it, it raises like a red flag. Like they know something we don't know. Yeah, uh, the article says the billionaire Facebook founder and his wife uh, bought 110 acres of a sugar plantation um, back in uh, 2021. It would be one of the largest personal constructions of all time. The two mansions and self-sufficient compound will sprawl over a whopping total of 50,000 square feet. Holy shit. Uh and the lavish homes include 30 bedrooms, 30 shitters, conference rooms, industrial kitchen, um, and also an elaborate, elaborate underground tunnel will connect the mansions. The pathway, which will double as shelter, stretches out 5,000 square feet and features a living area, a library, and escape hatch. <laughs> the bunker has soundproof doors made of metal and concrete to prevent possible threats, including bombs. Uh, man, this guy got a better bunker than Hitler. Uh, they won't have to wor- worry about leaving the compound for any reason. The self-sufficient estate has food and water sources as well. Every amenity you can think of. Gyms, sauna, swimming pools, hot tub, cold plunge pool, and a tennis court. So, to me, the big thing is the, the bunker. Um, I mean, when you got it like that, I know for a while, maybe during the pandemic, uh, people were buying those uh, former silo bunkers, you know, where they put nukes, but they started going away and they started making them into like these lunge, luxury bunkers for people to go into. And they were like selling like crazy around the pandemic. Um, what do you guys think, man? Like if you had this type of money, would you be building a bunker? Or do you think the the elites 
as you know we kind of talked about earlier then they're always one step ahead or do you think this is like uh he's worried something might go down and he's gonna go here to hawaii and chill and just go into his bunker and wait till shit clears out yeah i i know how you said that the elite want to do this but shit i want to do this too if i had the money uh (laughs) i wouldn't mind having a bunker here at my house uh, something to go underground in case there's a tornado, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I I think this is totally within the realm of self-preservation. And who doesn't want that? I mean, it's the reason why people buy firearms, uh, why people drive trucks rather than little cars, is that people, if they get into an accident, if the shit goes down, they want to survive. They don't, they don't want to die. So... To me, this is totally reasonable. Um, if I had that buco money, I would definitely be buying uh, some big estate uh, uh, acreage and something that I think the important part is uh, self-reliant. So some kind of thing to make your own water source, something to ma- generate electricity uh, and, and kind of be able to live off the grid. And then the underground is just a cherry on top to... Uh, if the shit does get that bad where, you know, nukes are dropping and things are happening, you can go downstairs and, and live in this bunker. Well, and- that's, that's why I'm like, it's, it's all you're He's moving to an Island, an American Island, right? An American state. He bought this plantation. Uh, he bought this property. It used to be a sugar plantation and Hawaii's like real estate is like, it's limited, dude. Like you can't just, um, I mean, I guess you can, if you got money, right. Um, and then he's building this bunker. So um, it's year warm year round. Um, so it's to me, it's uh, it's an it, the location's interesting. Strategically, I, I don't know if it makes sense, but like okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right, Danny. Part of it is like you said, people the average schmo might own a gun, but these people take it to a whole nother level. I'm pretty sure they got they're gonna have like their own uh, security and all this other stuff, and um, I just wonder how many of them, you know the more there was this documentary you know we're talking about documentaries that the U.S. government had like bunkers all across the country <laughs> like to survive nuclear blast like under hotels and stuff like. And they showed, I saw one, and it was, like, in Denver, like, this old luxury hotel. They just started, they built it, and on the ground was, like, this huge, like, nuclear bunker that could withhold nuclear bombings and shellings and stuff. And it had, like, beds and, and like, uh, kitchens and bathrooms and all this stuff. And, like, it could hold, like, uh, something like 600 people. And I was just like, holy shit. And it was just there, like, in plain sight, you know? Yeah, it's it's really scary and alarming that <clears throat> it seems like not only is Hollywood showing us these films with like very um, conspicuous topics, but also like stuff behind the scenes, like the elite, the billionaires, the the rich and the powerful, they're making moves too that kind of coincide with all this stuff that we're seeing in the media and movies and all that making you think like hey maybe there is a civil war coming maybe there is you know a apocalyptic future ahead of us and all these billionaires are preparing for for this to happen so it's kind of alarming for sure 
Yeah, I, I think stuff like that's normal. Uh, you know, it, it, as soon as I had the room, we started buying some extra canned food and, you know, extra bottled water, you know, just in case, you know, there's some kind of shortage or something. So I think it's pretty normal for people to try to um, not hoard, but try to anticipate what might be happening in the future. And when you got that kind of money, you could just do it on a bigger scale. Well, that's the thing. People, uh, like we kind of saw this during the pandemic, people who were hoarding shit and buying extra, people got pissed at those. <laughs> the people got upset with those people because there's people like always who don't fucking plan for anything, right? And um, so, yeah, like I said, people get upset. And then when they know you're doing that, they'll come after you. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it's uh, to me when rich people, the elites do that, it, 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 like it, during this time, you know, Putin just declared that he won the Ukraine war. And um, so, and like, oh, then all of a sudden, like, people are like, oh, we got to do this and that. And then uh, I was reading the other day that NATO now will accept ukraine's uh nato application they're gonna try to fast track it so like what the fuck does that mean right like now we're really gonna go into world war three here um and part of me when you see this shit like uh like you know russia has nukes we have nukes like what the fuck's gonna happen so that that's why I like always when you read this stuff it's always like uh you gotta connect the dots maybe i'm reaching here a little bit but to me i'm just like here we go man maybe we are gonna have a nuclear war but i don't have a a school desk to get under the for the radiation radiation to go over me you know yeah i it's, man i don't know why the u.s keeps getting involved we're we're not nato you know nato is comprised of a ton of countries so i don't understand why we got to be in the front just be a guy in the back and be like, let me cast my vote like everybody else. And then let's all come to a consensus on how we're going to handle it. I, I don't understand why the U.S. is constantly in the front. That's because uh, the world kind of wants that. But I think America, the average U American is kind of sick of it. And the leaders and then the last leader that kind of made us think about it, they fucking they he didn't get reelected and they did a lot now they're talking a lot of shit about him so uh so yeah i mean like you said nato i know they were uh, read an article that ukraine and another country they wanted a, a they wanted a fast track the their application and you know it is what it is yeah for sure well just like everything, Andy, there has to be an end. And that's the end of this podcast, man. So <laughs> we well, not the end forever, but the end of this episode, <laughs> I should say. But we'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, remember to follow Freeform Network on Twitter at Freeform Network. Send in those questions, ffnquestions at gmail.com. Visit our webpage, freeformnetwork.podbean.com. There you're going to see all of our old episodes. Wherever you're listening to, whatever platform you're on, hit that like and subscribe button. It really helps our numbers. But for Freeform Radio, we got Noel. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. We got Andy. 
all good, Andy. I'm glad to be back. Then uh, we'll catch you guys next time. And uh, Merry Christmas. For sure, man. And this is Daniel. I'd like to thank you again for tuning in. Everybody be safe out there. And I will catch you on the next one. Dad.